life, and that gift is Jesus Christ. And you and I have the opportunity to present that gift to others. We can't force them to receive it, but we can use this opportunity of the season to present that gift to them. Would you open your Bible with me, please, to John chapter 1. Sermons from science demonstrated some of the remarkable physical qualities of light as we sat under that ministry last summer. We listened to music that was transmitted by a light beam. We marveled at the power of a laser. But the most common quality of light is perhaps its most useful, and that is the one that we're using here this morning. For light dispels darkness. We create light in order to dispel darkness with lamps, street lights, a flashlight. These things are useful to us, and they're even important to society. For when the light is on, it tends to reduce evil. But when the lights go off, as they did a few years ago in New York City because of a power outage, evil explodes. Light destroys darkness. It illuminates what is unseen until the light is present. In John chapter 1, in verse 4, we read regarding the Word, the Logos of God, in Him, in Jesus Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. The Apostle John uses light here as a metaphor for the gracious work of Christ, the Messiah, whom he names the Word of God. Later, John will tell us about Jesus standing before a crowd and saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. The work of Jesus Christ can be described as light, as light in several respects, revelation, salvation, life, hope. Today we want to think of his work as that of revelation. Jesus Christ is the word who brought the light of revelation to the world. We dare not miss what he came to reveal. In the first place, he came to reveal to us the situation. What is that situation? It is that darkness exists. In verse 5 it says, And the light shines in the darkness. What is this darkness of which John speaks? Well, it's not physical darkness. It's moral and spiritual darkness. Darkness can be defined as the absence of light. It's difficult to define darkness in positive terms. For darkness is the absence of something. It is the absence of light. It's the lack of clear understanding. It's difficulty in perceiving. Darkness is the clouded intellect. Darkness is ignorance. 
that thus leads to sin and wickedness. Darkness is a moral state. It is the state of humanity in its sinfulness. It is the absence of God's truth as the enlightening, enlightening, controlling force in the world. That is the cause for darkness. The world is shrouded. It is shrouded in darkness of sin and unbelief. And why? Why this present darkness? Did God not create light? Yes, he did. Then where did moral darkness originate? The answer to that is that moral darkness began in an angelic creature. This angel of light became the prince of darkness, and he is the ruler of the darkness of this present world system. I invite you to turn back to the book of Isaiah for a moment, to the 14th chapter, in which Isaiah is describing, on the human side, the king of Babylon in his pomp and arrogance. But beyond a human king, Isaiah, by the Spirit of God, is describing to us what happened to this angelic creature that brought moral darkness to God's universe. In verse 12 it says, How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning. Literally that means, O bright one. How you have fallen from heaven, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You have been weakened to the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. A metaphor for the angels. I will sit on the, the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Here we find the pride that entered the heart of this star of the morning, Lucifer. And because of his arrogance, God said, Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Our Lord said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. The suddenness of his judgment was that of lightning. And he came to the earth. And the result has been that he spread his moral darkness to humanity. He deceived mankind into joining him in his lie that he can be like God. And thus the sin of rebellion. Humanity was plunged into sin into darkness and ruin. And having rejected the truth of God, humanity turned to the lie. And the process of Romans chapter 1 began, where man rejected the Creator and began to worship the creation. Turning his back on the truth, he was turned to the lie. And the judgment of God comes. The awful cycle of Romans 1 is being lived out again today in our culture. For our culture is turning from the light 
of God. And as a result of that, the darkness is intensifying. The situation is that darkness exists in our world, and Jesus Christ came to expose that, to reveal it to us. We need to hear what he has to say. He also came to bring the solution. Darkness exists, but light exposes. The light shines. John says the light keeps on shining in the darkness. In verse 9 of this chapter, he says, There was the true light, that is the genuine light, which coming into the world enlightens or illuminates every man. Jesus Christ is the light who comes to expose. Now what is light if darkness is the absence of light, resulting in moral and spiritual death? The light brings life. The light brings knowledge. The light is the truth that enables people to recognize God's working in the world. Although there has been light extended to man in the creation and in our own conscience, the light is fully, preeminently, and uniquely embodied in the person of Jesus Christ, God's Son. He is the full revelation of all that God is, and He brings understanding of everything else in its relation to God. He brings us understanding of the world in which we live. He brings us understanding of what God is like. He brings us understanding of who we are in our relationship to God. Why is it that light exposes? Because that's its very nature. Light exposes. It illuminates. It interprets. It defines. It clarifies everything that is in the darkness. So Jesus Christ, as the light of revelation, removes ignorance. He destroys every lie. He dispels every distortion about God the world and ourselves, which Satan has generated. Jesus Christ is alone the solution to the dilemma of humanity's darkness. Verse 9 declares that this light is found only in the one that is spoken of, Jesus Christ. He is the true light. John tells us of John the, the Baptist who came, but he wasn't the true light. He was a witness to it. He introduced to us, says John, the one who is the true light, Jesus Christ, who in his coming into the world brings light, light that exposes. Jesus Christ brings light that makes the sinner morally responsible to God for his darkness. In the third chapter, John explains to us what the response of the world of humanity is to the light of Jesus Christ. We might think that there would be a ready response, a, a glad acceptance of the light. But instead, it says in verse 19 of John 3, This 
is the judgment that the light is come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light. What is the response of the world to the light that is in Jesus Christ? It is that the world loves its darkness and rejects the light. Why? Because the deeds of those in the world are evil. They do not want that revealed. They don't want it exposed. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Hates the light. A very strong term, opposite of love. Loves darkness, hates light. And does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. The one who practices the truth is the one who loves the light. And he comes to the light. He is not afraid that his deeds should be manifested because they agree with the light. He wants God's approval upon his deeds and his works. Why? Because those deeds of his life have been wrought in God, not by the evil one. Jesus Christ came to bring the solution. As the light, he came to expose the truth to us. And today, we are called upon to respond to that light, to come to the light. That brings us finally to this idea that Jesus Christ brought the salvation as well. As the light of revelation, he came to tell us about salvation. The fact that faith extricates us from darkness. How can an enlightened sinner, recognizing his moral unworthiness before God, be freed from his judgment? How can one who is under conviction of his guilt before God receive a verdict from God that says, innocent? The answer is, by faith in Jesus Christ. Go back with me again to chapter 1 and look at verse 10, where John says, He that is the true light was in the world the world of humanity, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Not only that, says John, he came to his own, and those who were his own, his own people, did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right <clears throat> to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. By believing in Jesus Christ, by placing one's faith in Jesus Christ, he can be extricated from the darkness. The darkness within him can be forgiven and replaced by the light that dispels that darkness. And he can be identified with light and no longer darkness. It is faith in Jesus Christ alone which frees one 
from darkness to belong to the light. The Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1 states this so clearly and beautifully. When he writes to the Colossians these words, We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And he says in verse 12, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How is it that we are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints who live in the light? How can people who are born into darkness and who express darkness in their lives ever be qualified to belong to the light? to share in the inheritance of the saints? The answer is by faith in Jesus Christ and finding in Jesus Christ the forgiveness of his sins. That's why he died on the cross and rose again victoriously. That we might have that forgiveness with God, that there might be redemption, the payment for our sins might be made, that we might be transferred translated, changed in our identity. Over in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says that we have become the sons of light. Our identity is no longer with the darkness. Our identity is with the light of God, the light of holiness. And we are not afraid of the light. We are not ashamed of the light. We come to the light that our deeds may be exposed, that they are wrought in God. We who are the sons of light, on the other hand, must be careful not to partake of the deeds of darkness. We are no longer a part of that system. We're a part of God's system. We are citizens of God's kingdom. No longer slaves to sin and darkness. Jesus Christ is the light. He has come to reveal God to us and to reveal ourselves to us and to reveal the way to God. And that way is open today for any of us who will come. He invites us to come freely. What is it? What is it that keeps one who is in darkness enslaved? What is it that keeps one who is guilty of sin, hiding from God, hating the light, loving his evil? What is it that keeps a sinner from seeing the light of God in the person of Jesus Christ? We have the answer in the word. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who are perishing. You see, the prince of darkness supernaturally casts his darkness upon the mind of the sinner. Not only is the sinner darkened in his own sin, but there is a supernatural mask, as it were. There is a shroud around him. There is a fog and a haze around the mind and the heart of the one who is perishing. 
that is created by Satan. But I tell you that that is not an impenetrable darkness. That is not a fog that cannot be penetrated. The light of God is able to get through the most difficult of moral darkness. The light of Jesus Christ is able to pierce into the heart that is most hardened. And it may be today that you are here and the light of God has shone into your heart. There has been a hole punched into the darkness of your life by Jesus Christ. You are morally responsible before God for your response to that light, whatever it be. And today God calls upon you to receive. To receive Jesus Christ means to believe on him. It's a very active idea. It means to place all of your trust and your faith in him, to dedicate yourself fully to him, to give yourself unreservedly to him, to believe on him, and in believing, receiving him into your life, that he might change you into a son of light. Back in 1789, the terrible French Revolution took place. I say terrible because of the great loss of life that occurred as a part of that revolution. The Bastille was a prison-like structure in Paris. And uh, when the revolution took place, people went down into the depths of that prison, into its gloomiest dungeons, and there brought out the prisoners. There was one man who was brought out into the light for the first time in many years. And he begged that he might go back to his dungeon. It had been so long since he had seen the light that his eyes could not endure the brightness of it. His only desire was to go back to the murky dungeon where he had been held a captive all those years. In the same way, there are some people who see the light of God and then reject it. And that process of seeing the light and rejecting it and seeing it and rejecting it eventually hardens their heart until they actually prefer their ways of death leading to judgment before God rather than coming to the light. Today, if that light of God is shining into your heart, if in the midst of the foggy darkness in your mind you are able to understand and to perceive the truth of God today, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for your sins and rose again from the dead, if you're able to understand that He died for you and that if you will believe on Him, you can be saved from your darkness, then today take that step. Whatever the cost may be, however much you leave behind, remember you leave behind also the chains that held you, the darkness of your dungeon, the enslavement to Satan. You leave that behind to come to the freedom and the light and the inheritance of the saints. Will you today leave behind your slavery and darkness and by faith in Jesus Christ become a citizen of the kingdom of God?
I hope you will. I hope you will today. You can before you leave here. By coming to Jesus Christ and leaving behind your darkness and receiving his light. Let's bow together in prayer. In a moment we're going to sing a hymn. It will be a hymn of invitation. During which I'm going to invite you, if today you would trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, to come here and take me by the hand and say, Today I want to leave behind my darkness. Today I am choosing to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Today I come as a guilty sinner that I might be forgiven and made a saint of God. I hope that you will do that if you don't know Christ. I hope that you will trust him. Father, I pray that you will work in our lives. And if there be some here today who are struggling with their darkness, who are imprisoned in it, and yet who have seen the light, the light has pierced through. May they follow that light and come to the Savior today that they might be transformed into a child of light. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing hymn 336 that says, Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus. Jesus, I come. I come. I remember the testimony of a woman who is a part of our church who shared that there came a point in her life after having been involved in drugs and uh, playing with the occult when she realized that she was a she was doomed and damned and she sat in a room reading her Bible a Bible that had been given to her not knowing really what to do but just reading the Bible and it seemed as though the room was growing darker and darker to her. And she heard, as it were, the voices of Satan saying to her, Give up. It's useless. You can't do it. You're worthless. You're ours. And in the midst of that darkness, she said, All I could do was cry out and say, God. And she said, In that moment, light flashed into that room. The voices were silenced. The darkness was lifted. And she said, in just crying out and saying, God, he came to me. And she was saved, gloriously saved. And today, all you need to do, if you can't say any more than God, then say, Jesus, I come. He invites you to come to him now and be delivered to be saved. Let's stand as we sing. Jesus, I come to thee. 336. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come.
verse. It'll be verse 4. We invite you to come. Slip out wherever you are and come in faith, receiving Jesus Christ today. Out of the fear and dread of the Steve Linetti back today, worshiping with us after having been back in Taliabo for two or three months. Steve, would you come and close the service in prayer, please? Let's bow together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for the light that you are to us. We're reminded, as we were this morning, of the darkness that is all around us. And we're grateful that even a small light, such as you can shine through our lives, can break that darkness. Help us, Lord, to walk in the light as you are in the light, that we might have fellowship with you, with one another. But help us also to remember, Lord, that when we are not with one another, fellow Christians, when we're in our workplaces, at school, shopping in the malls, Lord, that we might let our light shine so that others might see Jesus Christ through us. Thank you for your word this morning. Please break our hearts with it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.